Hi, this is Sarit Schwetzer, and welcome to the It Is Taught podcast, a podcast devoted to the teachings of Rabbi Schneir Zalman of Liadi, as recorded in his most famous work, the Tanya. My hope for this show is to make these teachings accessible and relatable to the average person, regardless of prior Jewish education or affiliation. The episodes follow the prescribed daily study portions and are meant to serve as practical lessons in how to live your life as your true self and develop an authentic and powerful relationship with your Creator. I have personally experienced the effects the study of this work has had on me, and I'm excited to share what I can of this knowledge with you. So please join me on this journey of learning, self-growth, and connection with your source. Hi, and welcome to the It Is Top podcast. This is episode 646 for the 13th of Elul in a regular year. So we all know that what separates a, you know, decent TV show or movie from a really excellent TV show or movie is character development, is the, de- the depth of character development. And perhaps I shouldn't be <laughs> promoting watching television and movies on a Tanya podcast. So this can apply really to books as well. You know, reading a book and what really compels you, what really draws you in to the characters is the depth of the character development. If the characters are too flat, if they're too unidimensional um, or two dimensional even, then it's not as believable. It's not as interesting. It's not, they're not as relatable versus what makes characters really interesting. What really draws us into identify with different characters in books or stories, you know, TV, movies, whatever it is, is the depth of the character and the depth of the character. What we mean by this is the complexity of the character is the fact that you could have two contradictory things about this character at the same time. I was actually just listening to an interview with Rain Wilson, who played uh, famously played Dwight on the TV show The Office. Uh, Rain Wilson is a really interesting guy, just total side note. And this actually was on a Jewish podcast. I don't remember the name of it. And um, and he was talking about this idea that the interviewer as well was talking about this idea of how what made Dwight, those of you who are familiar with Dwight on the TV show, so endearing is that he re- and really all of the characters on that show is that they really embodied a lot of contradictions, which actually is a signifier of somebody really being human. So like one example that came uh, to mind for Dwight is that on the one hand, he was like this bully, you know, but on the other hand, he was also extremely vulnerable. Um, On the one hand, he was like this Amish farmer and like very into his farming and stuff like that. On the other hand, he was really into sales and trying to be the best salesperson. On the one hand, he was extremely stubborn and kind of like a know-it-all. On the other hand, he was extremely naive, you know, and he fell for Jim's pranks all the time. So this is just like a silly kind of example to illustrate the idea that what makes people people is their complexity. What makes us human is our complexity. The fact that we do have these different contradictions inside of us, we're not one-dimensional, two-dimensional, we're multi-dimensional. And this is something that we started talking about yesterday in yesterday's episode when we were talking about the different personality types, Myers-Briggs, the Enneagram, how the Enneagram, you have your number, but you also have your wing, which can often be a contradiction. In Myers-Briggs, there's the functions, which uh, often, again, kind of seem contradictory to the core of who the person is. Um, So this is what makes people interesting. 
in a deeper spiritual sense, what we started talking about yesterday uh, in terms of these different types of people is uh, these two soul roots, this, those people, those souls that stem from chesed, from like a kindness overflowing kind of extroverted kind of energy, um, giving kind of energy versus um, versus those souls that come from Gavura, which is more of this like restrictive, restrained, introverted kind of energy. And what we're going to talk about today is we're going to deepen this discussion with this idea of complexity in mind and talk about how, well, yes, it's true that everybody does have kind of like a sore, uh, a core soul root from which they come from. On the other hand, um, it's actually important for us to cultivate both of these character traits within ourselves. A person should not just be this like one unidimensional person, like total chassad all the time, total gvor all the time. There's a place for both for in everybody. And not only is there a place for both and everybody, but just like Lahavdil, when it comes to other kind of more superficial personality types, types uh, the, people do actually have different contradictory uh, aspects within themselves. So too, when it comes to these two aspects of chesed and gvora, do we all actually have these two aspects within ourselves? There's nobody that's pure chesed. There's nobody that's pure gvora. And the altar is going to give a few examples to illustrate this. Uh, one of the most notable examples is uh, when it comes to Beis Hillel, the famous Beis Hillel and Beis Shammai in the Gemara, who uh, usually uh, really disagree on pretty much everything, where Beis Hillel tends to be on the side of Chassad, where they tend to be a lot more um, lenient when it comes to a lot of matters in halacha versus Beit Shammai tends to be from the side of Gvora and tends to be a lot stricter about a lot of things. Nevertheless, we find that in certain instances, as the Alter Rebbe will explain, there are times when Beis Hillel is actually the more strict one and Beis Shammai is actually the more lenient one. We also see this when it comes to Avraham Avinu. Avraham Avinu, uh, he was all about chassad. He was like the archetype of chassad in a lot of ways. But yet, what is it that we remember about Avraham Avinu? The most famous thing that all of us, you know, that most famous event of his life, one could argue, is Akedas Yitzchak, when he went and he brought up his son Yitzchak to be sacrificed on the altar, which is not a very chassad type of thing to do. In fact, one could say that's actually a very gvora type of thing to do, both in the action itself and also in restraining, you know, all, imagine the amount of, um, of self-containment and uh, self-control he had to have in order to do that, to take his beloved son and bring him up on the altar in order to be sacrificed. So what these examples come to illustrate to us is really, again, the complexity of human beings and how we all have these two aspects within ourselves, chasad or gvura. And as the altar will explain, the only difference between people is what is more latent and what is more overt. So for Avraham, for example, then the midah of chasad is more overt versus his midah of gvura. Yes, it's there, but it's more latent. Versus for Yitzchak, who was his son, he actually had, who's he, he's considered to be the archetype of gvura. And his uh, power of gvura was thus more revealed within him versus his attribute of chasad was more latent within him. So that's the theme of today. And with that being said, let's get into the text and see how the Alter Rebbe explains all of this. For context, we're in the middle of Epistle 13 of Yigeris Kodesh, and we're going to be starting a, a new paragraph today in this epistle. Um, so here we go. So the Alter Rebbe begins, and he says that every single Jewish person should be 
made up of these two things. And there's no thing that does not have a place. That's a citation from Pirkei Avos. Pirkei Avos chapter 4, verse 3. So meaning there's a time and place for everything. And we see, actually, that this is why when we look at the teachings of uh, the very two very famous Torah scholars, there were Shammai and Hillel, and they both had houses of study, and each one was known for something else. So we see, so, so uh, Shammai was known to be very stringent, and Hillel was known to be very lenient. But yet, we do find that there are times when Shammai, Beit Shammai, is lenient, and Beit Hillel is stringent. And th- this is in order to teach us that even though Beit Shammai, their source of their souls, definitely came from the supernal left side, and thus they whole, their whole thing, their whole way was to, their orientation was towards uh, being machmir, towards being more stringent always when it came to the forbidden things of the Torah. And Beis Hillel, who they came from the supernal right side, they would be more lenient. They would like look at the positive side to be uh, to be more lenient about these things, to allow things that Be- that Beit Shammai didn't allow. And the Altar Rabbi says that they, the reason that they would do this is that they wanted these things to be uh, to be released, the those things that were forbidden to be released, so that they could be elevated above. So we spoke about this idea of the release and the bound and all that in the earlier section of Tanya in the first part of Tanya, which basically, if we look at the two words mutar and asur, then uh, asur is, comes from the root of being bound, and the word mutar means to be released. So it's like literally by making things um, allowed, this was basically re- allowing these, uh, these otherwise bound forces to be released on high. However, nevertheless, even though this was their core root of their soul, that Beit Shammai came from the left side, the side of Gora, Beit Hela came from the right side, the side of Chassad, we do find that there were times that Beit Shammai would be lenient um, due to the fact that their soul also had within it a little aspect of the right side. So this is what we started talking about in the introduction, right? That how everybody, there's the overt what you see, and then there's the behind the scenes what's going on. And so also, same thing, we see that the Beit Hillel also had the left side contained within it. As it's known, when we look at the different attributes above and the holy attributes above, that there's no, um, this is a citation from the Zohar, there's no cleavage or division there, God forbid. So meaning that even that this is a reflection within God, that within God, there's no like chased, I mean, like there is, we talk about that in a certain way, but all of the mitos are actually made up one with the other because there's no real division. And that's why we know that actually like Ultimately, they're actually unified with with one another, as is known to the students of Kabbalah. So as it is written with Avraham, so we see, again, this idea of Avraham. So Avraham is the whole idea of chasad, right, and love. And then we see that in Breshis chapter 22, verse 12, where with the story of Akedas Yitzchak, it says, Now I know that you stand in awe of God. So basically, so Avraham, Everybody knew it was apparent that he was a man of chassad, that his whole thing was about chassad. How did this inner aspect of Gvorak become manifest, which is all about fear of God? It th- was through this, the Akedat Yitzchak, through the bounding of Yitzchak. So this whole thing that he took, bound Yitzchak, his son, and took a knife to sl- uh, slaughter his son. He didn't eventually have to go through with it or whatever. But through this, he was actually, Avraham was being vested in the attribute of Gvorak. Even though, again, he's overtly chassab, but he's being uh, uh, vested in the attribute of Gvorah. 
So the altar prophet says, okay, so why is this? We do see this, this distinction. So in Yeshayahu chapter 41, verse 8, it says, it, it refers to Avraham as Av, Avraham Ohavai, Avraham, my beloved. And then we see about Yitzchak in Breshis chapter 31, verse 20, 42, Pachad Yitzchak, the fear of Yitzchak. So we do see that Avraham is associated with love and Yitzchak is associated with fear. And so the altar prophet says that the difference between these two things is only by way of revelation and concealment. That in the attribute of Yitzchak, then the fear was in a way of revelation and the love was in a way that was concealed in a way of concealment and um, hiddenness. And the opposite is true when it comes to Avraham, may peace be upon him, alava shalom, that the revealed aspect for him was uh, chesed versus the more latent aspect was that of gvura. So that's the end of the section for today. And we'll continue along these lines tomorrow when we bring every, this whole discussion together and we really focus on the midah of chesed and how this midah of chesed is actually latent within all of us, within all Jews and how to tap into this. So stay tuned for that and I'll speak to you then. Thanks for listening to the It Is Top podcast hosted by Sarit Switzer. This podcast is dedicated in loving memory of my maternal grandfather, Avraham Yitzchak ben Binyamin Cohen of Blessed Memory. Music by Shoshana. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to support the show, please share it with others and subscribe on YouTube, Apple iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And make sure to leave us a five-star review. To find out more about the It Is Top project, including more information on my soon-to-be-published book, please visit our website, itistaught.com. To catch the latest from me, follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Looking forward to speaking with you tomorrow, and until then, have a great day.